State College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Hossalter. And I'm Nathan Grella. So we are so excited to start this adventure with you guys. Um, we're both state high juniors looking to get into the broadcasting journalism field and excited to begin this experience at the State College Football Podcast. It's going to be a good time. You know it. So we just got back from spring practice. It was their uh, spring kickoff. They had some seventh and eighth, ninth graders in there, just kind of looking at the varsity team, doing drills with them, really bringing up those younger players. And you know, I really like this tradition. I think it puts yes. State High in the right direction. Absolutely. Well, we still need a spring uh, game, but this is good for now. <laughs> do you know of any other high schools that have spring games? No, I do not, but we still need one. That would be exciting, <laughs> but I'm not sure that the PIAA would like that. In any case, so there's a lot of stuff going on this time of year. You know, it's school year's winding down, but football is just starting. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, Plenty to talk about. Uh, for one, the schedule just came out. And that and, uh, is exciting for sure. Yes. So first look at the schedule. It's very top-heavy. So you go yeah, in, you're sure. like, hey, we got Mifflin County first, and Seven Mountain Bucket whatever trophy we got <laughs> there. Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. Um, I've seen a lot of <laughs> Mifflin County football over the last couple of years, and it's, well, it's Mifflin County. So, <laughs> Fun fact, in the last three years that the Bucket Trophy has existed, Mifflin County has scored a total of 26 points against us in all three years combined. And after this year, I'd probably put it over under at around 35. Well, so, <laughs> um, hopefully, there aren't any Mifflin County fans listening. To me. Uh, this this is already depressing for you guys. I mean, yes, <laughs> at it's least vi- they have some good wrestling players. Like right? you, you look at this schedule. You could probably see us going five and zero in the first five, and then going losing the next five because you look, you got Mifflin County. And then you go to New Jersey, which no one really knows how good that team is. Yeah. They they play a lot of good prep schools in New Jersey. They played a guy that uh, went to Virginia Tech, or is going to Virginia Tech this year, last year, and they got absolutely curb, curb stomped by him. So you don't know how good St. Augustine Prep is. You know how good Holidaysburg is. They're terrible. Yeah, they've had <laughs> pretty good teams. Unfortunately, they beat the ninth grade team this year. It ended up... I think it was a 20-0 blowout, and all the 20 points came in the fourth quarter. It was interesting. But varsity is a different animal. You know, you see a lot of teams that beat us in ninth grade that aren't able to beat us in varsity. Yeah, they got because it. we always have trouble with discipline in ninth grade, but by the time we, as kids grow up, you know, they become a little more disciplined, and the skill gap definitely increases. Well, you know they got a returning quarterback, too, from last year, and he was slinging it against our second stringers last year, so you never know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That in the fourth quarter uh, romp, I guess, Holidaysburg against State College. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> it was like 21 points. That was, but, that was depressing, for sure. Yeah, after that, we got Carlisle. Again, we know how good Carlisle is. Um, Chambersburg. We know how good Chambersburg <laughs> is, although they got like they, they they've improved. They had a lot of young players yeah, last sure. year. Yeah. They're definitely good. That, that's, that's a good warm up team for I'd the rest of the schedule. Out of out of all the teams in this first five, Chambersburg definitely jumps out as a possible upset. Or St. You know? Augustine, yeah. Yeah, and St. Augustine. Now St. Augustine like St. Augustine said, has like, like three running backs that are that are lethal. And yeah. it's scary. But it's, but yeah. like we said, it's a bit of an unknown. We don't have much experience playing with them. Um, it's definitely going to be an interesting game. Unfortunately, it is in New Jersey, so a lot of you guys probably won't be able to 
see it live, but yes. <laughs> make sure to give you all the juicy details. It's sure to be an interesting game. So. Football players get 30 minutes in their first period, and then they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> that four-hour drive. So after that, you got Central Dolphin East, which I forget what we did against them last well, year. Well, let me say, they always have some really good athletes. Um, their skill players are always quite impressive. Yeah. Um, so... You know, the fact that they, I mean, they're rivals with Central Dauphin, and we all know how good Central Dauphin is. They often beat us. They usually beat us. And Central Dauphin East competes with them pretty pretty well every year. So I think that says a lot, for sure. Uh, Yeah. Then we got Harrisburg on the schedule at Harrisburg, another Saturday game like usual. That's, I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm just sick of this by now. Yeah, like, I, think, <laughs> I think everybody is, but you know they don't want they don't want those kids out on a Friday night in Harrisburg. It can be get a little rough down there. Yeah, so. and it they makes have sense. yeah they have the only two four seven rated player on the schedule except you know beside Pine Ridgeland we always got to play them every year and lose to them. But well they in got the playoffs. Yeah, but. Harrisburg has this guy named Andre White, middle linebacker. Texas A&M commit seventh in the state, which Keaton is sixth in the state, so it kind of evens out. But this kid is a beast. He's gonna probably be the only college-worthy player we play the whole year. So that that's a game to look forward to if you're if you want to wake up at eight in the morning and go to down to see a football game. That's the one. Well, you know, <laughs> it's I mean it's in uh, it's in October. It's probably going to be some beautiful weather down in Harrisburg. I'm sure Harrisburg is a uh, cough, beautiful city. Very so, beautiful. <laughs> it, so should, yeah. it should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. I mean, we're really blessed to have a, a, pr- a nice combination of talented schools like Harrisburg and also a few schools that could use some improvement that we're able to better yeah. ourselves. Um, you know, we're not stuck in that uh, prep regiment that that St. Augustine is, I think we should all be glad for that because that could get really rough really fast. I mean, that's the reason we don't know how good they are right now is because they don't play any bad teams. We don't see them like, or maybe they just are a bad team. We don't know. So Now, another standout right after Central Dauphin, we've got Altoona. And I think everybody in State College and Altoona is looking forward to that. It reminds me a lot of the Penn State pit tradition that's continued the last couple of years. You know, a big rivalry in years past, but it's kind of waned in you know the last the last decade or two. But I think everybody well, back in the PIAA for one. Yeah, and I think I think everybody's excited for Altoona. You know, a couple of local teams that have had historically good players, historically good coaches. You know. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun time, and a lot of state college fans are gonna be able to make the drive out to Altoona. So yes, it, there, we well, expect, it's at home. So well, we better me. we better I'm hope sorry. we make that drive, people. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. let's, we can expect the same yeah. from Altoona fans, I suppose. Yes, absolutely, sure. and I'm I'm excited to see that rivalry come back. Seeing how on the hockey team we always lose to them, I just want to see us beat them in something. Um, well, before before that we play Central Dauphin, which we didn't really talk about this game much, but they're Central Dauphin. We stole one from them last year. Yep. We we'll see how it works out this year. Uh, they're always a team that we play that usually has our number, yeah. and we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, Cumberland Valley to finish up the season. That's always fun. I mean, you can't really say much, <laughs> much more than that. Everyone knows Cumberland Valley. It's it's two tough it's teams at Cumberland Valley. Two physical teams. Yep. So tough. And like... I gotta say, one of the coolest moments, one of the coolest moments I've seen in football, is ninth grade game uh, three years ago when I was in ninth grade. The we were playing Cumberland Valley at Cumberland Valley. And we ended up being down by a touchdown late in the fourth quarter, you know, and we kicked an onside's kick and recovered it. And I remember asking my dad afterwards, I was like, man, that, you know, that was pretty bold. You kicked an onside's kick. We ended up winning that game. It was remarkable. Amazing quarterback play, gritty defense, you know, typical state college stuff. And I was like, that, that, you know, that's, that's a pretty gutsy move calling that onside's kick. And he said, you know what? We didn't even call that. He said, um, the, uh, the kicker just was Cam, it was up. Cam out there. <laughs> yeah. Cam out there. I I think or was no, it Joe I, Schwab? No, it, it was, I did not think it was Cam. All right. In any case, 
the kicker kicked him onside's kick accidentally, and it worked. So that that was interesting. Um, maybe we can see. Hopefully, we don't see yeah. anything quite that messy this year. Yeah. But again, that's ninth grade football. What can you expect? You know? I mean, one thing when you look at the schedule, and I guess a question to ask would be: Do you would you rather play Altoona at home at uh, your last home game, senior night, or? Would you rather play Harrisburg, Cumberland Valley, Central Dauphin at home? Because that's the reason we're playing all those games away is because Altoona joined the PIAA, so it tipped the scales, and uh-huh. we got to play all yeah. those teams again. And man, I don't, I don't want to play Harrisburg on a Saturday again. That's no fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's just that's just tough when you big city teams, you know. So. Like we got Penn State games to watch here. Yeah, true, true. We got, we got Virginia. Right? We got Virginia Tech games to watch that day. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just just a little bit overview of the schedule right now. Eventually, we'll come out w- with an episode about that. Yeah, we have all of the scouting reports from the other teams. We've got starters. We've got what they did against us last year. We've got what we did against them last year. So we we have the juicy details for you guys. It's going to be interesting. Um, definitely look forward to that coming out. Uh, that should be next couple weeks, maybe into yes. the summer kind of t- kind of time. Yeah. So so if you if you guys are wondering about our future schedule, we're we're gonna try and get a lot of guests on the show. Next yeah. week we got Ramsey Cafolo. That's gonna starting, be a lot of fun. Starting right guard or left guard or wherever they put yeah, him this year. That's, that's one. Thing, um, um, We've noticed definitely early this year there's been a lot of questions on both the offensive and defensive line. A lot of f- sophomores coming up. You know, we've got we've got um Yeah. We've got uh Addison Darcy coming yeah. in. So that that definitely shifts things up a little. So that's that's something we'll get into a little yeah, later. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk this later in the podcast when we talk about our review of this spring practice, if you can call yeah, it that. Definitely interesting. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, so you you can find all those scouting reports at our website. It's a Google site, so yeah. Hopefully, we can uh, get a little bit of more tech just, savvy yeah, out just, there. But. Just search State College Football blog on Google, and you should find it. And if you don't find it, you can email me. And I think we're going to be working on getting that up on a school link pretty soon. Yes. So that the access to the site will become much easier. Absolutely. So. All right, after that, we got... So, basically, we're just going to cover some old news. So, yeah. you you might not have heard all this if you're not really into the program anyway. So, this is stuff from, like, April, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there hasn't really been a ton of news lately. So, Drew Freiberg was named one of the state's best players for the Pennsylvania Sportswriters All-Boys basketball team for the second year he earned first team honors in class 6A. Congratulations, Drew Freiberg. Yep, it's big news for State High. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've been known for good football for a long time, and, you know, yeah. I feel like it's our, it's our a, basketball team t- took a big leap yeah, this year. Yeah, for sure. And for Drew, sure. Drew Freiberg was just amazing. Yeah. Um, so, good, good for him going to Princeton. Congrats. <laughs> Hope you can keep your League. grades up. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, on that same note, I guess this was one of the bigger stuff that came out earlier in the month was Joe Walker resigning as a boys basketball coach to focus on his family. And good for him. Yeah, major we'll shake-up. <laughs> uh, I know from experience, um, coaching takes a lot out of you. You know, it's, it's a huge commitment. And I think... Whenever, whenever someone as influential as Joe Walker, so successful, whenever they, you know, step out of the ring, you know, it's, it's bittersweet because you're happy for them, you know, you're happy for what they're going to be able to do in the future, you know, what they're going to be able to accomplish they couldn't before. But at the same time, it's sad because he's yeah he's been a great coach. I don't think he'll talk to anybody that really dislikes him or thinks he did a bad job. I mean, like Nathan said, it's, he's taken the basketball team to a new level that we haven't seen in quite a long time, so... Um, yeah, well, the question I would have is, what does Keaton Ellis do? Because yeah. he's sitting on that Penn State scholarship, and all the seniors left. Drew yeah. Freiberg is gone. Brandon Clark is yeah. gone. Max Benner is gone. And there's 
It's just it's the cupboards are bare for the basketball team, and if he if he were was going to leave, and those were his guys, he yeah, he yeah. was a coach for a middle school team for those guys. If he was ever going to leave, this would be the time to do it. And Keaton Ellis is just sitting there on the Penn State scholarship. There's no way he's coming to your basketball court next year. Like, yeah, you, you, I think, you don't think there's no I mean, way. It's it's one thing for Saquon Barkley to be playing in the. In the bowl game this year, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, is he going to sit out? Is he going to, you know, we know he's pretty much a shoe-in for the top ten, at least top ten, you know, probably top five uh, draft pick. You know, is he going to play? And ultimately, it came down to his love of football. So the question is, um, does, does Keaton Ellis have a love for basketball like he has a love for football? And is that worth risking injury, you know, risking such a – big time commitment as it is for basketball, you know, not being able to focus on his primary sport, which obviously, I mean, football is, you know. So it's it's definitely something that will be interesting to see in the future, whether he sticks around. Uh, I don't want to jump to any conclusions personally. I think it's kind of a shoot right now, but. Yeah. So Joe Walker, State College went 45 and 7. And that is just incredible. <laughs> yes. Incredible. So another question would be who replaces him? Would, yeah. Does Jack Black replace him? <laughs> <laughs> if if you guys don't know who Jack Black is, you will find out soon enough. He is a coach of both the middle, uh, I think it's Park Forest football team and <laughs> Park Forest basketball team. The guy looks exactly like Jack Black. <laughs> We will never refer to him by any other name besides Jack Black uh, in this podcast. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> but I can confirm he does look exactly like Jack Black. Unfortunately, spring training today, he had his beard trimmed down a little bit. So yes. it didn't look quite as much like Jack Black, but um, pretty much one of the they, first they things. They need to get Jack Black to coach the basketball team. Yeah, That's that, all that I'm would, saying. That would be remarkable. That would, that would be quite remarkable. <laughs> like, just to give you a backstory, me and Nick Hosshalter are in the same APUS history class. We walk into class one day, and Jack Black is sitting there, and I'm like, dude, is that Jack Black? Is that Jack Black? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't well, Jack Black, but... <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a sad discovery, for sure. Yes. All right. So, Brandon Clark going to Penn State as a walk-on. Um, there were some rumors around that that weren't so nice about Brandon Clark, but he came to a Pennsylvania uh, like recruiting tournament thing called the Big 33. He was honored there. Good for him. <laughs> I, mean, I gotta say, Brandon Clark's a total stud. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's he is just a total. I mean, there's not yes. much. There's not much disagreement. Twelve about touchdowns, six hundred forty-seven yards. Yeah, he's a beast. Offense yes. and defense, and he if, can cover yeah. it all. If there's one player that this team is gonna miss, and one factor is gonna be height and Brandon Clark, and yeah, Brandon Clark sure. had both of those things. <laughs> yes, Brandon <laughs> Clark had himself. For yes, sure. <laughs> and I gotta say, I I've always also been impressed with his punting skills. Um, it, it was crazy to see someone excel in so many different ways. He was yes. a phenomenal punter last year, a phenomenal receiver, and for sure that's he's going to be missed. Yeah. But hopefully he can make some impact at Penn State, You know, do do what he's done here, make that same kind of impact yeah. there. Uh, Blake Gilligan, watch out. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. yeah, he was there with uh, Charlie Catcher from Cumberland Valley, and I'm not going to miss him. And Shaquan Anderson Butts, who is going to Penn State, I'm not going to miss him either. He played for Harrisburg. So. And, of course, if you're talking about big studs from Harrisburg, Micah Parsons. Don't, don't even mention the name. State. Just yep. don't even mention yep. him. Okay, the big MP, military police, but not Micah Parsons. He's not going to be around. It'll be interesting to see how that looks. And Harrisburg will be definitely watching their inside defense closely with his departure. He was only there for some of last year. You know, he was not there for a long time, but he certainly yeah. had a large impact. So so we'll, we'll see what Brandon Clark does. I, yeah, my personal opinion, I think he should have switched to tight end, uh-huh. but the team really needed height and yeah, they still need yeah. height. And we'll, we'll just see what happens. James Franklin wanted him to switch to tight end. Um, so we'll see how that works out. And speaking of tight end, H-back, all that, Jeremy Bullock, there's some height. 
Yes. I mean, when we were talking about the lack of height on the receiving core, you know, yes. H-backs, tight ends, all that, I know I know State College doesn't really run tight end schemes. They yeah. run H-back they, schemes. Jeremy Bullock has great hands. He's huge. If there's any one person to run in a true tight end set, it's going to be Jeremy Bullock, and I hope we see him like that in true tight end sets and not just as, like, as H-back. H-back. Yeah. But I got to say... <laughs> I, I do like what State College is doing with the yeah. H-back sets. You know, you can't argue that it hasn't been successful. You know, we, we've seen Nathan Lusk and Jeremy Bullock do great things yes. in H-back. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun this year as well to watch. Because, I mean, talk about... If we're talking about, um, you know, true receivers, yeah. the tallest person is six foot one. Yes. So we're really not seeing that height like we had with Brandon. Yeah. So... We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But first, this happened yesterday, and this is both sad and hilarious. And it is <laughs> a little bit of a uh, diversion from yes. <laughs> football, but we had to talk about it because it is big news in State College, big news for State High Sports, and yeah, you know what it is. It's, it's baseball. It's baseball. Tragic. And yeah, so absolutely tragic. Uh, district winning, stayed high, playing McDowell yesterday. Uh, it'll be May thirtieth for yep. all you listening in the archived version of this podcast. But we got basically we won three to two. We don't have to talk about anything else, do we? Um, actually, <laughs> there is a there is a rule in the PIAA that. Any one pitcher is not allowed to pitch a hundred pitches. And that is obviously, you know, these are young developing bodies. You know, we can't have people going nuts out there like they do in the MLB sometimes. You got to protect them. You know, it's a good rule. Stay high thought that they were well within those boundaries, but by Erie McDowell's count and by the head umpire's count, they were not. So after. So basically, what happened is David Shoemaker, who. Might be the best pitcher on the team. We'll see. Um, I, I don't know enough about this baseball team to say that. So don't take take that with a grain of salt. I'm just his friend. So, well, he pitched. He Well, State High thought he pitched 97 pitches. He actually pitched 101 pitch, pitches. So he was supposed to get taken out after his 100th pitch yeah. against a batter. And he pitched the first pitch and the next pitch. And McDowell's manager was like, what the heck's going on? Because in high school baseball, the home team's pitch count is the correct pitch count. Yeah. No matter what. So because we were at McDowell, we had to forfeit the game. And yes. <laughs> despite the fact that we won three to two, unfortunately we lost. So we will not be advancing in the tournament. Nope. It's a real game, shame. This is all. It's all over for state high baseball. Um, I don't know who's taking count of pitches. And how he got four off, but it's a it's real a, shame. It's, it's sure. a shame. Yeah, yeah. Because we were looking forward to what they were doing this year, you know, we we've seen a lot of success, but unfortunately, a premature end of the season. Yeah, based on nothing but technicalities. You hate to see that. <laughs> um, Max, Max Benner, who if you don't follow on Twitter, you definitely should. Right after the game, he te- he posted on Twitter, free at SC Baseball, that ain't right. And I think that just sums it all up. Yeah. <laughs> and then he followed it up by saying, at the end of the day, they have to play the next game, knowing they shouldn't have won, and they shouldn't be playing. SC Baseball, respect y'all, are some champs. And couldn't be prouder of the team, despite going 10-11. and 11. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, sometimes... sometimes the record doesn't say it all, and I think this is definitely one of those cases for yeah. State College Baseball but this year. David, David Shoemaker was lights out yesterday, and uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rest in peace, State College Baseball. Yeah, rip, be rip SC Baseball. Um, if you didn't know, Jack Hurley, my man, he's going to Virginia Tech. Congratulations, yeah, Jack Hurley. Jack, Jack Hurley, my new favorite baseball player for State High. <laughs> beside David Shoemaker. Um, so, yeah. Basically, the pitching rule is 
Uh, pitchers must adhere to a pitch limitation of 200 pitches in a calendar week and 100 pitches for the appearance, and they That's messed that up. <laughs> so, so, it, yeah. That's Nothing much what, more to say about that. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, a, it was an honest It's a real shame. Up. It was a one. We were off, I mean, we were off by four, but the error came, really came down to one pitch that we should have thrown, and that's it. You know, that's the end of the game. So. All right. So that's all we got for the news. And now we go into our big old spring practice the review. Meat. The meat and potatoes. Yeah. Uh, as Mel Kuyper Jr. would put it. <laughs> <laughs> Mel Kuyper Jr., all that physicality. Shout out to Mel Kuyper Returnability. Jr. Yeah, he's listening. For sure. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big fan. He's a yeah, big fan, yeah, folks. Yeah. If you didn't know. Get on the Mel Kuyper Jr. hype train for this team. All right. So, first of all, I want to say a couple <laughs> funny moments from the last couple practices. Uh, oh overall, goodness. pretty serious, but I, 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 I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. So, last Thursday, uh, Nathan and I were sitting up at the hill outside of Welsh Field and, you know, watching the offensive line work out, you know, do foot drills and stuff like that. And, we're, and I was like, Gee, Nathan, you know, Logan Leib, he's looking really good. I like his Logan Leib is looking really good. He's fresh. He was hopping around those bags like no one's business, you yes. know, really working it. You could see he was putting effort. Yes. He looked he, good. He's fast, too. And Yeah, but, he is. And yeah. then... The one thing get, I would question is what they didn't do in the upper... They didn't do in the any of the practices we saw is upper body blocking ability. We know he has the mobility... He does. He's almost at the size. He's uh-huh. a little small, but, but he is a sophomore. Yeah. So we can't, you know, we sophomore can't complain right now. too yes. much. Yeah. He is currently a sophomore. So there's plenty of time over the summer. Yes. And and another you know, another question would be up a little. Yeah. Another question would be: Is there a spot in the line for him? Yes. That that is certainly a big question. Right now, we know Pone's a lock at left tackle. Yep. That's that's all we know. Jason Cameron is lock at center. Uh huh. And Ram, we don't know if Ramsey is going to play right or left guard or right tackle. Mm-hmm. But what what's been speculated is that Shane Cole, who is probably going to be the right tackle, is the heir apparent at right tackle. Mm-hmm. To uh, the name escapes me, but not Nachman. I think Nachman played right tackle last year. I think right. Oh, that's not sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Shane Cole looked looked to be the heir apparent. But Logan Lee looks so good, they might move Ramsey over to tackle. Yeah. Which, does Ramsey have the mobility for that? Or does Shane Cole have the mobility for that? Yeah, that's is the question. That, that is the and question that, mark. And that's where the new kid Cole. comes in. Yeah. Which, Addison Darcy, where does he play? Does he play on the offensive uh-huh. line? We know he's a stud defensive lineman, but can he play on the offensive side as well? Yeah. And does Lee put, put in the work at guard? Does Van Horn... Yeah, we know what, side, Van, does, what Van side does Van Horn play on? on? Does Ramsey yeah. play tackle or guard? There's a lot of questions around the offensive line right now. I would, right now, I would say the set in stone at the moment line would be Pone at left tackle, Van Horn at left guard, yeah. Cameron at center. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one second. Ramsey at Ramsey Cafolo at right guard and Shane Cole at right tackle. It just comes down to does do Lieb and Darcy outplay Shane Cole yeah. and Adam Van Horn, I would guess, because we know the other three guys are definitely set. Yeah, and that's that's one thing, you know, you can say there's a pretty big difference between Logan Lieb and Shane Cole in style. Yes. And see, size. Yes, and size. <laughs> Logan is very mobile, you know, yes. he gets around quick. But like we said, there's a question mark about his his size. You know, and also about his power. And mm-hmm. it's understandable that they haven't really been doing, you know, upper body stuff, you know, strength kind of things. Because it is spring. You know, they don't want to push the players too hard yet. Really, we're going to know closer to July, August time, you know, what yeah. what looks better. And the interesting thing is the opposite is kind of the same for Shane. He's huge. Yes. I mean, he is the biggest person on the team. Oh, he's Yeah. I would. He's definitely improved, though. Last year, he was yeah. at the start of the season last year, he weighed... 365, uh-huh. which is a lot. Yes. Uh, like, I posted that on 2A's uh, college football social media platform, 
and they're like, I'm sorry, 360 what? And, <laughs> like, but he's trimmed down, he's gotten more muscular, yeah. but the question is, is the speed there and is the mobility there? And yeah. for him to play tackle, and I don't think he's going to move in guard because... Yeah, for Lee, sure. Lieb, Cafalo, Van Horn, it's stacked at guard. Yeah. So... Is it, could he be the sixth man? Could he, like, there's a lot of questions around the offensive line. Uh, does, where does Darcy, where, where does Darcy if, fit if in? Darcy if he fits, if he fits in. in. Yeah. And, yeah, does, does Shane Cole, there's been a lot of speculation about him moving to the defensive line, too. Does he do that, even though the defensive line is also stacked? Like, the both lines on this team are stacked. And here's what you guys brain. should note. This is a good thing. The fact this competition is here yes. is great for high school football. You don't see a lot of high school football teams where people are you stacked know, falling down, over each other, line, literally sure. falling over each other to play offensive and defensive line, you know? So we've got a great set of trenches here at State High. And I yes. think that, that's great. I mean, you know, people talk about Cumberland Valley and Central Dauphin, you know, being more physical than us. You know, sometimes we've got the skill players on them. But yes. oftentimes, one of the complaints you hear when we're playing Cumberland Valley is that they dominate the line. Or, know, or Harrisburg, especially. Yeah, like, Mar- yeah. Michael Parsons ran circles around us, both on offense and defense last year. Yeah. So, we're it, things are definitely looking up for a stay high. Yes. They're, on this, the line. Both lines are so deep. Yeah. And just adding Darcy makes it so much deeper. Which, if you transition to the defensive line... Addison Darcy, I, I see Darcy and Titus Thompson as your set and stone defensive tackles right now. Like, those two guys defensive. are, yeah, defensive, defensive tackles, yeah. yeah. They're they're just so far ahead of, like, everything and everyone I've seen in high school. I'll like, be honest, you, I'm, not, I'm, not completely, I'm not completely convinced by Darcy yet. Just because I'm not, I'm not sure if I've seen enough of him playing at this level to be yeah. convinced... We know he's good in Maine. You know, yeah. if you guys he, haven't seen his film, go check out yeah, his film on Max Huddle. Preps or Huddle from Bangor, Maine. Whatever, he's, he's yeah. a beast in Maine. Yeah, I mean, you see blocked <laughs> but, kicks, you yeah. see fumbles, you see you know tackles for a loss. No one a seems lot of to be able kicks. to block. <laughs> yeah, too many block kicks. A strange amount. I mean, he it's it's men among boys. It looks like he's playing middle schoolers. But then again, that's Maine. He might be playing middle schoolers in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. The only thing that people know Maine for is lobsters and Stephen King. And obviously, that has nothing to do with football. Maine is not known as a football state. Pennsylvania is. Yes. We have Philly. We have Pittsburgh. You know, there's a lot of great players that come out of Pennsylvania. So how does Addison Darcy stack up against this yes. new pool of opponents? That's the question for me. And I know that's a question for a lot of people. Um, yeah. He, so, yeah. This defensive line is just stacked, though. Yeah. You, you see... Especially defensive tackle. Addison Darcy comes in. I see him as day one starter. You uh-huh. might be a little bit on, yeah, I'm, on I'm the fence sure with yet. him. But, and then, but you got Titus Thompson there, too, and they're probably going to play. They're not going to play a lot of nose. Mm-hmm. And if they are playing nose, Addison Darcy can wreck. People. Oh, yes. We've so, seen his, his <laughs> specialty is playing in that three man set, playing nose. He does an incredible amount of damage. Out there, that's a lot of damage. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, offensive lines in Maine need some flex seal after yes. that damage. <laughs> so, so yeah, and then and behind those say, two, the the yeah. competition between Zach Betts and Darcy, I think, is going to be extremely intriguing to watch because Zach Betts has been a mainstay the last couple of years. You know, he's been a good player. You know, he's gotten a couple offers from colleges. I know that. He's told me personally. <laughs> All right. Uh, so That sounds like know... something he would do also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. All you guys that know Zach know that he uh, he yeah. knows how to talk about himself. That's not yes. a, that's not. No, a, uh... Sorry to offend you, Zach Betts. Yeah. <laughs> All but, right. Yeah. But the point is, he's he's a good player, you know, he knows the schemes, he's been around for a while, and he's done a good job on the inside. So how does that stack up against the newcomer? That's yeah. that's really, that's yeah. another one of those big questions. You look at defensive tackle, there's four, if not five, guys you can start. Yeah. You, you, you look at it, you got Darcy, Titus Thompson, and then Dylan Ernst and Zach Betts. And those four defensive tackles are... I think better than any four defensive tackles that were playing this year, and 
they have more they're stronger they're faster and then you got jeremy thompson there too who might play linebacker might play defensive end might play defensive tackle they're gonna move him around yeah so and he's that's good that we have a player like him that is flexible you know yeah i mean he 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 adapts to many different roles well so that's always good for defense um, yep all right so we're gonna take a shift a little bit here and talk about quarterbacks Oh my what goodness. did you, what did you see about quarterbacks at these spring practices? Obviously, the only one at the first practice was Kevin Kersinger, yep. and then we got to see all of them today. But I uh, gotta say, it. I mean, talk about good, it, good offensive again, line quarterback. Yes, it really does look awesome. It's, it's deep. I mean, there's nothing to complain about there. You know, I mean, we yeah. all know how good Tommy Freiberg is. Yes, he he is. He's phenomenal. You know, he, he has good awareness. He can run the ball pretty decent. He's yeah. certainly a great passer, you know. And then you've got you've got Kersinger, who we, we were really impressed yeah. with last week, last Thursday. He looked great. Um, you know, obviously not going to start a lot, if at all. Um, you know, Brady Dorner has kind of the mobility. Yeah. You, you, you look at these down. quarterbacks, you say, Dorner is fast. He makes, yeah. he makes shifty plays he w- was like fourth on the team in rushing yards last year and he's the backup Which is quarterback absolutely ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> and most of that garbage time mind you <laughs> yeah but and Kevin Kurzinger I think right now has the best motion out of all the quarterbacks like yeah he, he has the best arm throwing motion he has the best mechanics he's he's just not that mobile and then you take Tommy Freiberg and it's just a combination of the two. Yeah, Tom Freiberg is definitely the sweet spot. Uh, he's yeah. been he's been that way the last couple of years. You know, again, talk about someone that knows what they're talking about, knows what they're doing, is comfortable with the team. You know, I mean, any any high school football team leadership roles are especially important. You know, yeah, these kids are coming out, and and I say kids considering the fact that I'm also like 17 years old. But <laughs> yeah. in any case. You know, it's not it's not as much like college or the NFL where everybody is completely comfortable with their position. They're completely comfortable with the plays, you know. So Tommy has really been a great influence, a calming influence on the team. He does his job well. And the question is, can these backups, you know, do they have the same type of weight yeah. with them? You know, yeah. I mean, Brady Dorner, obviously, you know, pretty young guy. You know, Kersinger's young uh, we Conrad was looking pretty good yes. out there. He played on the ninth grade team last if, year. If he, you're a ninth a grader or eighth grader right now listening to this, you should be really excited for Conrad Moore. Yes, for the future. Yeah, if you're if you're coming up playing in the next couple of years, Conrad Moore looked phenomenal today. I loved his throws, tight spirals. He was accurate. You know, he looked comfortable with everything. He yes. he seemed relaxed. You know. He, he just, he carried, I think he carried kind of that same air with him as Tommy did. You know, he, he kind of just controlled the area around him. He felt like football royalty, basically. Yeah. So I think he is exciting to watch yes. for sure. And I think it'll be really cool to watch him play in some of those backup situations this year, you know, waste time, stuff like that. Well, I'm excited for, although I'm not going to be here, you guys should be excited for the quarterback competition next year, which would probably be a three-way competition, yeah. I, as I see it, because Conrad looks really good. And Kersinger looks Kersinger great. looks like he can sling it. Dorner looks fast. It, it's just, it's, it, yeah. We have, we have options. That's, that's really... That's there's really a, the takeaway, you know. There's a lot of talent on this team this year. Yeah, honestly, if you were to if you were to take away one thing from this from our observations, it'd be that deep and wide, pretty much. Yeah. Except maybe at height and receiver, which we except, talked about. Yes. Yeah. Except but, for height at receiver, which. Yeah. But which, really, we'll, we'll talk about you know, it in a second. Um, the op- there's just so much skill on this team, so much talent. You know, we're re- we we're lucky for living in. I mean, State College is big compared to a lot of the towns around here, but it's not a huge town, you know. We're not, it's not a private school. We're recruiting people out of middle school. You know, for a town of our size, it's really remarkable the kind of athletes that we're producing. Yeah. I mean, just phenomenal, phenomenal athletes. 
all around, you know, we see success in lots of different sports, and football is certainly not the exception. Last year, this year, the year after that, we're seeing all kinds of great players coming up. Yes, all right. And one of those exciting players were coming up, and and one player, whoops, (laughs) that I am really excited for is Sam Knight. Oh, I thought you were say the, the middle school in the green shirt, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we were at this the practice today, and there was a kid. It was a combination of 7th, 8th graders and high schoolers, and there was a kid in a green shirt, and he was balling out. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have any more information. If we had his name, we probably couldn't release it on this podcast. But if if the kid in the green shirt out there is listening, gotta say, you looked awesome. He was playing receiver. He was jumping all over the place. He was catching everything. Considering he was like 5'3". Yeah, (laughs) soft hands, running routes well. I mean, really, just he looks like a talent. And this kid's in middle school. You know, who knows? If any of you know a kid that has a green shirt, email us. Yeah. (laughs) Tell him that he's a really good receiver. Yes. All right. right, So back to Sam Knight. (laughs) And oh my goodness, he's a mean, Sam Knight. He's a beast. Wow. So Center Daily Times actually released like a highlight reel of him on Twitter, and I was like, Center Daily Times is hype is hopping on the train early because he he's so good. Yeah, like he's gonna be he's he's gonna get D one offers this year. It's it's insane that's, how that's great a, he is. That's a bold prediction. I, he's definitely gonna get D one offers. Like you. No, no offense to Keaton Ellis, but if you compare Keaton oh, Ellis' no, tape no, no, we're not to going Sam Knipe... We're not going there, man. No. Uh, look at Sam Knipe's tape, is all I'm saying. Yes, I think <laughs> Sam Knipe... The best part about this year, possibly, one of the best combos is going to be Sam Knipe and Keaton Ellis. Yes, and Keaton Ellis might play safety. We can talk about that later, because there's been a lot about, hey, maybe we move Tom Buha to nickel, and... We put Colin Holbert on the outside, and we put it. It, it, it was, there's a lot of road, like pieces in the secondary which can play anywhere, except for maybe Colin Russell. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't put Colin Russell also, safety, but actually, me. big news that we missed: Colin Russell, slot receiver. You know, yeah, he's good. all around great guy. He won second place in states at the PIAA three uh, A track meet. Congratulations to Cohen Russell, second place, silver medal. He is really, really, really fast. I mean, blazing fast. He was a fifth seed. He was the um, the number five guy from all the preliminary stuff, and he overcame. His ranking and did phenomenal. In fact, I was just watching it the other day. He had the lead for probably the first half of the race. He was out ahead. He had a phenomenal start. Uh, the guy, you know, he was eventually caught up to and passed. But I gotta say, he is looking awesome. That speed off the line, that quick start, is exciting for him at slot receiver. Who knows what kind of damage he can do this year? You know, people always underestimate him. He can jump. He can run. He can catch the ball. Despite his short size, he is a fearsome player. So, you know, shout out again, Cone Russell. Matt Lintel, open up your, your playbook of jet sweeps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every, every time. So, yeah, you look at the secondary and you're like, they, they, got, they got guys. Like, Tom Buha, I, when we were taking notes on all the players, I just wrote Lays Lumber. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he, he loves the head to head hit, no doubt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he had a lot of big hits last year, and I'm just looking at, I'm just looking forward to seeing him play a lot more. Sam Knipe, he will, he played like half or a quarter of the plays last year, and that was with Paul Olivet there. So, a ton of interceptions. Yes. Ridiculous amount. Yes. Sam Knipe. Was second on the team in interceptions, and he put no. He was first on the team with interceptions, and he only played a quarter of the plays. So that's something to be excited about, honestly. Yeah. So Keaton Ellis play, might play safety, might play corner. I know Penn State might want him to play safety because uh-huh. they're re- they're recruiting some good cornerbacks in this class. Yeah. So you you never know. There's a lot of pieces. 
on the secondary, and they can basically play anywhere. Uh, did you have any other th- anything you saw from the secondary? Um, um, I think that just about covers it. I mean, yeah, Colin Holbert also is gonna stand out this year. He'll he'll get more playing time. Yeah, is it, there's a lot of stars here. Uh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So, um, again, just getting back to that, uh, the whole spring practice. You know, they, yes. they call it their opening kickoff thing. I really, really liked the message that we saw today by Coach Lintel. Yes. Um, I thought it was phenomenal the way he's reaching out to these younger kids. Um, he he really emphasized the one team thing, which I that was a big takeaway for me. You know, he said, you know, eighth grade football, ninth grade football, JV varsity, we're one team, one state. You know, we're really trying to integrate all of the football players, all of the talent in state college into one system. Stand together, chief through effort. That's right. <laughs> And it's, that's a good thing, you know, (laughs) we're seeing these young kids get to experience the varsity lifestyle, you know, see the excitement. I mean, you should see these kids' eyes light up when they see, you know, Isaiah running routes and, you know, Keaton out there looking cool. So when they lined up for warmups, there was about 10 kids standing behind Keaton Ellis in line. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really, it's, these kids are getting... Really getting sucked into this, this yes. phenomenal culture at a young age, and that it's just it's awesome to see. Um, really another exciting. another thing that jumped out that Coach Lintel kind of slipped in there, and um, this kind of repeats something that Zach Betts said when I was interviewing him yesterday. He yeah. said, "We expect this is what Lintel said. He said we expect to can expect championships for this team." Buy your Hershey Park tickets now. <laughs> <laughs> and Zach Betts had said pretty much the same thing. He said, I think that we're con- we're going to contend for the state championship this year. So we've got several different sources that are casually mentioning state championships. And I think for a lot of people, you know, that was kind of last year. You know, yeah. we, we had such a good team last year. We just ran into a five-star quarterback. <laughs> That's well, going in Notre Dame. <laughs> Pine Richard, I mean, nothing... As we said earlier, Pine Richland just, yeah, they're can good. can they're we really not good. can we not play Pine Richland this year? That's the question. <laughs> Pine Richland eliminated our football and our basketball team. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, who knows? Maybe Pine Richland will get eliminated on technicality, just like uh, State College Baseball. Maybe team. maybe they'll count all the. What what will they count? I don't know. Uh, that, that joke Who fell knows? flat real fast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, their yeah. entire team will get ejected from May- playing. Yes. Dirty. Maybe their five-star quarterback will get hurt. No, they don't have that this year. We're going to the championship. Um, I need to get on the hype train. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, lots of people expecting a championship this year. Um, I think the excitement in state college in general is high. We've seen Penn State play at a different level the last couple years. You yeah. know. I mean, Joe Moorhead's gone, but Ricky Ronnie is looking great. And I think, you know, state college sports is just on the up and up, you know? Yes. Uh, state high football is looking great. Penn State football is looking great, you know? all Things are coming together really nicely. All right. So, actually, that gives me something. Actually, we didn't plan for this, but I actually have a question. Um, Penn State is playing a Friday night game this year. Oh my James goodness. Franklin. James Franklin says we don't want to mess with the high school. The high school air quotes. The high school environment. Is he just saying that, or does he really? Does, does he, he really, really care, care about state really high? Care? Like, well, does I, he want to maintain a good relationship for like Sam players like Sam Knight and Keaton Ellis? Well, here's the the impression I get from James Franklin. First of all, I want to say State College has hands down the best high school football atmosphere. I've ever seen. I yes. love people talk about Memorial Field. I'm going to take a controversial stance, possibly. I like the location of Memorial Field. I like where it's at downtown. The land is worth a ton of money, but let me say it's worth it. The fact that you have the community right on top, the fact that you yeah. have these people just walking around downtown, they can but, experience State High. But they're building a practice field on top of the North Building, <laughs> and you could sell Memorial Field. And build a pretty darn well, nice stadium say, I'm right aware, there. I'm aware <laughs> of the trade-off. 
But I gotta <laughs> say, the atmosphere really is special. And I yes. think that if we didn't have Memorial Field, if we weren't downtown, you know, if we were at on if we were on top of the North Building, right? I'm not sure that that special atmosphere would stay. You know, I mean, yeah. Call me old fashioned, but I I love the Friday night lights kind of thing, and it's just different at State High. You know, and so do you really want your football field to be across the street from a Weiss? <laughs> That's the real question. Or do you want your school to be across? No, I, I want. I don't trigger you people who go to Weiss every day. Hey, Weiss is great, all right? But anyways, I think James Franklin definitely recognizes that, getting back to our, our conversation. You know, I think he understands how special it is. Um, I don't think he's doing it just for recruiting purposes. Yeah. I really don't. I think he cares about the community. You know, you see him at some of the football games, and I don't think he's just there for Keaton. I don't think he's just there for the possibility of Sam Knipe. You know, I really think he's there because he genuinely cares about the community, you know, and he appreciates it. So I'm not sure if I fully buy the whole, you know, we don't like it because of Friday nights. You know, I'm not sure if I buy completely that argument, but I don't think there's a question as to whether James Franklin truly cares about stay high football and not just the recruits. Yeah. If I were in James Franklin's shoes... I would accept Friday night game and not complain about it. But that's just me. Because you look... Would you rather play at 12 o'clock against... Like, you look at the Georgia State game last year. Yeah. And there was... There was a ton of people at that game because it was a night game. Because yeah. people love night games. It's a great atmosphere. Just even though you're playing a terrible out-of-conference team. <laughs> which... Penn State will play terrible out-of-conference teams until 2020. Shout-out to Appalachian State. <laughs> Shout-out to Appalachian State. Shout-out to Idaho. Ooh, Idaho. Shout-out to Akron. Hey, Akron is a tradition. Akron is practically a Penn State tradition, along with Kent State. I mean, we we make a habit of whipping them every year, so that's always fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's also fun... For Akron to pay you two million bucks or whatever, I I don't know anything about economics, but we what? (laughs) Yeah, I think they get. Oh yeah, you pay them because you pay them, so you guys get a home game and don't have to play a tough out of conference game. That's how it works. (laughs) Yeah, but also I'm unbiased, as you can tell. Also, you know, the purpose of those games is not only to just allow teams to warm up, but it helps the image of other teams, you know? It helps the image of Akron and Kent State that they're playing these big titles. And they do, as as far as the best I can remember, they do get some sort of money for that. You know, that's kind of what helps that their program inch along as it does. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it is a good thing. And obviously there's not much justification for it in high school, but you, you play your conference and that's that's pretty much it. So. Yeah, all right. So, what what is so just going back to like the whole Penn's State College feel? Yeah. How, how do you think it's being like broadcast by the school in particular, or being advertised, or like, yeah? <laughs> I mean, here's the interesting thing. I don't think if you're talking like, about the schools in the you, school you district, look, like the spring practice was great, but. I don't know if you can allow a spring game or not. I that know. would be a great atmosphere. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you you see, like, ima- imagine blue-white game first eight high. Like, on the last day of school or something. It would be well, well, huge. You, even if it's, uh, and like I said, I, I would not be surprised at all. One of you guys is probably going to, you know, fact-check us. Yeah. Also, if you want to fact-check us, if you want to email questions, uh, our emails are in the on the webpage, or you can email me at nickhaus, N-I-C-K-H-A-U-S, all lowercase, 75 at gmail.com, or nathangrella at gmail.com. Yep, so if you have any complaints, you know, questions, all that, go ahead and do so. Yeah. But while Nathan uh, maybe further defends his position on spring football I, I games. Want, I school. want a spring game. I want to see the... Fu- I'm going like, to fact check you, so go <laughs> ahead and keep talking. Keep, keep talking. Alright, well, he fact checks me. I'm going to make my defense for a spring game. It's fun. Alright. 
you go to the Penn State game, although it was boring as all, the the atmosphere was great. You you had Hingle McCringleberry there. You had he he's not on the microphone right now, so he can't laugh. But <laughs> like you had Hingle McCringleberry there, you had a punt return, what whatever it was. Like it's just fun. It it's just so much fun and it does a lot more than a a practice in a gym or out or outside. Thanks, thunderstorm. Not that didn't happen, but it's just so much more fun than a practice that isn't really advertised by the school that much, and it 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 gets everybody excited. Is what I'm talking about. All right. Unfortunately, there's there's no clear answers, but I'm just gonna go ahead and take a shot in the dark. <laughs> this is not allowed simply because. <laughs> I'm almost certain that you're not allowed to start contact until or, or just like in just like a flag football game then. Yeah, like no, you want no, you want to have something that's a story. to I get think, the school excited. I think seeing a flag football game this spring would be really good for the school. You know, get hyped for the next year. You know, you could bring in this could be used as an opportunity to present those seventh and eighth graders that were there today. Yeah, a real view of state high football, maybe like they haven't seen before. You know, we we could see the kid with a green shirt jump over Keaton Ellis. Who wouldn't want to see okay, that? I don't. Think... <laughs> now, green shirt kid is pretty impressive, but he doesn't stand a chance against. <laughs> this kid's like five foot four. So, so yeah. So like, you you can make a show of it. Is what I'm saying. You could hype sure, it up. Yeah. yeah. Our school doesn't really have anything like that at the end of the year. Like, you have prom, and then it's just, like, a five-week slog until the end of school. Very like true. It, It's something to look forward to. It's something to get people excited. And I, I just... It it just seems like we really need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I would certainly like to see that, especially if it happens during the school day. Um, I don't know if you guys know my opinion on this, but anytime. I can not be in school for something completely productive. <laughs> I'm a fan. So that that would be a lot of fun. Definitely substituting football for school is always or positive, you, at least for a couple hours. <laughs> or you, you, we got this, like, exam schedule. You could easily put it yeah, at the true. end of the last day. Like, the last day ends at, like, 11 o'clock, and you're just at home for the rest of the day. Uh-huh. You just put it at like twelve. Yeah. You, you can walk to Memorial Field from the school if you want yeah. to. So it just doesn't make any sense to me why we don't have one, or why we don't try and have one, or if we did have one, why it ended. So yeah. And I I know some other schools like aren't big enough, but we're this is this is a huge school, and we're the only we're the only school in town, and Memorial Field is Memorial Field. Yeah. So. When, when else are you going to use Memorial Field for football besides football season? Yeah. Interesting thing about Memorial Field, it was actually built during um, FDR's New Deal program. So that's how long Memorial Field's yeah. been around. It was created coming out of the Great Depression as economic aid for builders in State College. And that is a really cool piece of history. Um, and the press box is the same from when it was built. <laughs> Unfortunately, none of the original pieces actually are left, which is kind of sad. But if any of you guys know Frank Garris, I think anybody that's played ninth grade football is very familiar with Mr. Garris. He's a bit of a legend. You know, he's at all the games. He does the stats. He typewrites. Yes, that's right. Typewrites all of the stat books at the end of the year and prints them for each of the team members. He's a really great guy. He's dedicated. He goes to wrestling games. He goes to varsity football games. He's a great guy. His father actually worked on Memorial Field during the New Deal. So that's a really cool piece of history for State College, I think. All right. So just to bring it in home, like what were your overall what – what did you – what was your three takeaways from – a spring practice, basically, or both spring practices combined? Well, I'd say, number one, you know, first of all, and, you, you know, I've, I've said this many times, but stay high looks great this year. Yes, they there's look few, loaded. There's a few things that I'm worried about, you know. 
Obviously, the height at receivers. Um, kicker. You got to be questioning the kicker <laughs> a little bit. Sorry, Cam, but <laughs> you did miss six extra points last year. <laughs> so special teams might be a bit of an issue. But overall, things are looking really great. And that's saying a lot considering how many seniors are leaving, you know. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say that's definitely one of them. Um, number two, uh, let's see here. Uh, I mean, I got to go with the offensive line in general. You know, maybe want to zoom in on that positivity. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just got so much talent. It's incredible. You know, you could you could make two football teams with all the talent they have on offensive line easily. Yeah. Well, yeah. You you go to one of these practices. The offensive and defensive lines are just a magnet. You gotta watch them. They're, For sure. They're 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 the most interesting thing at this practice, and that that and these practices are actually really fun. It's just this line is just so dynamic and exciting, and they're so physical. And, and I like what you said with the the dynamic because earlier we were talking about you know sort of the contrast between you know Shane Cole and Logan Leap. Right. Yeah. When you say dynamic, I like that word because it really shows that we have options in offensive line. You yes. know, we have lots of options for lots of different plays. I feel like there's not many body types of offensive linemen that aren't covered. You know, on one hand, you've got James Pone, and anybody that knows James Pone knows that he might be the skinniest really good offensive lineman <laughs> in our district. You you go back and watch his tape. His tape is awesome and then you see him in real life and you're like Whoa. That's is that guy. But <laughs> Yeah, and then on the other hand you got Shane Cole who's just huge. I mean, there's no way you're getting around him. Yeah. So really you you've got all your bases covered on offensive line. Yes. And I'd say my third takeaway, something I haven't quite mentioned yet. But they, honestly, the team looks like they're having a lot of fun. You know, yes. we're seeing a lot of laughter. Everyone's excited. I mean, you should have seen the way that they were, you know, cheering and clapping and leading all their chants today during practice for the 7th and 8th graders. Really, they seem invested, you know. I mean, they, they all seem really happy to be there. They're excited for football. They're excited for this team just like we are, just like you should be. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're just, they have... It seems like the team's in high spirits, and honestly, there's no reason that they shouldn't be. You yeah. Know? Um. Yeah. I guess my uh, a couple three players that I'm really excited for, and you might be surprised by my third player, but the first two is obvious. I think Addison Darcy is a stud. I he's huge. He's muscular. He he he's the mo- perfect mold for a defensive tackle. Like. There, there isn't another player that we play this year that has his size as de- at defensive tackle. There just isn't. Um, the second player would be Sam Knipe. Yeah, <laughs> like he, he just he's exciting to watch. You go, go, go on his huddle and watch his highlights and tell yourself that's about a quarter of the plays last year. Yeah. So, and then a third, which you might be surprised, is Guillerme. Gonzaga. <laughs> oh my goodness. Dude, All I heat. gotta say, I know Guillermo since eighth grade. He's an amazing guy. He's cool. And it's really cool to see how, you know, the people that we're talking about right now, yeah. they aren't really your standout, like headline they're, or state high football players. They're not the flashy players. They yeah, just but we're, go out and work. We wanna we wanna, you know, talk about them yeah. because we see their hard work and we think that it's good looking. We, yeah, we like I, that. We all we all know Isaiah Edwards is going to f- be the featured back, and, and for we good all, reason. I yeah. mean, he was amazing. Yeah. I think um, ninth grade last year, or excuse me, two years ago now. One of the most one of the most heartbreaking plays I've ever seen. It was the very final play of the ninth grade state college football team versus Harrisburg, and Tommy, or excuse me, not Tommy. Basically, Isaiah got a screen pass right on, it was like our own 10-yard line or something ridiculous like that for the final play. And he got a couple of blocks and somehow was able to break through this mass of ridiculous, you know, Harrisburg players. You know how physical they are. He just trucks a few people, makes a few jukes, and gets into the open field. And he is running down the sideline for the game-winning touchdown, you know, with no time left on the clock. 
you know, really just going at it. And you, you guys know how fast he is. You know how shifty he is. This looks like a miracle, and some corner is able to catch him. But that he's play, gotten faster. That play <laughs> has taught me a lot about Isaiah's skill. Yeah, I mean, he really makes something out of nothing. You know, it's it's a he's a great replacement this year. Yeah. So he's definitely you're, you're losing you're losing Tristan Lyons, who was their feature back last year. But Isaiah Edwards got a lot of carries too. And then Mike Maniac is there, and he's gonna correct me and say Maniac, but he's all, always a maniac to me. <laughs> and but we didn't we didn't see him at either practice, so we we are we're not really sure. But we did see Guillerme, and he he stood out to me he, because he worked. Um, he he's he's not super fast like Isaiah Edwards fast, but like he he's he's powerful. Yeah. And, I, I'm excited to see what role he takes. For sure. Like, For sure. him and Ethan Wolf are guys that are probably not going to see a lot of snaps, but when they do see snaps, they're going to be influential. They're they're going to they're they're going to block well, and yeah. I they they're probably going to take passes out of the backfield, uh-huh. yeah. which is exciting. Yeah. And they're probably going to play in garbage time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that should actually just about do it for this podcast. Um, actually, I would like to end each podcast with a prediction. All right. My prediction is we are going to not play Pine Richland this year. What is your prediction? Um, <laughs> my prediction is that in... Three or four years, Green Shirt Kid is going to be the best dang wide receiver any of us have ever seen in our entire life. (laughs) Green Shirt Kid, if you're out there, if you know a kid with a green shirt, get that kid. Yeah, we want him in. We want him on this podcast. Yeah, interview. We want him here, kid. Yeah, we want the Green Shirt Kid. Kid that has green shirt and black hair. We want him. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he has. He's a great wide receiver for sure. All right, so. That again, that's just about do it. You can contact us at contact Nick Haas, us. It's N I C K H A U S seventy five at gmail.com. Yeah, alright. Or and you can contact me at NathanGrella at gmail.com, all lowercase G R E L L A. You can like our Facebook page, which only has twenty two likes <laughs> now. So search up State High Pod on Facebook if you're on Facebook. You can like my Twitter profile, plug my Twitter, which I like. I'm gonna start doing like posting news stuff and like yeah. in, insider scoops. And that's another thing. We're gonna hopefully be developing some articles, yep. some traditional journalism stuff. Yeah, we are hoping to be at all of the home games, all of the away games. I'm many not of gonna be at the first home game. Several of the workouts, <laughs> but I got you covered, Nathan. You know I do. Yeah. All right, and then. We got our website, which, like I if said, you can find it, <laughs> we we will attempt to uh, make that more accessible to you guys. Yeah, because we know that you are all chomping at the bit to get on our website. Definitely. Um, and then we got we're gonna be on Cast. Well, we are on Castbox. If you don't have the Castbox app, download the Castbox app on Apple or Android. We're not I've, sponsored by Castbox, although I wish we would. Well, we have a podcast on CastBox, so, yes. <laughs> so download that, and you can play it on your mobile device. So you yes. can just, so you can, you know, veg out, play some video games, and listen to us talk. That's one thing I love yeah. to do. All right, so that should just about do it. Um, All right, see you all later. It's been good. Go, little lions. Go, little lions.